lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. We are live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. Joined by Blaze TV colleague Robino, who will be here with us for the Dace Group in a matter of moments. Don't forget, next, well really a couple of months uh, between renovating the studio here, which begins in earnest next week. Uh, and so we will have a short week next week uh, and then travels for the uh, conclusion of the production of the film version of Nefarious, the election, etc. Uh, things could just be a little topsy-turvy around here. Uh, so we are, we're going to do our best to continue to bring you the same standard of mediocrity that you are accustomed to. It just may sound and look a little different uh, in the interim. So please be patient with us. And uh, I'm asking Todd and Aaron to be patient with me during which I was laying out uh, my schedule. The wife and I were laying out my schedule the next couple of months. This is going to be the busiest I've ever been in my entire life. So just going to lean on you guys maybe a little bit more. So be patient. And we ask the same thing of all of you that are watching and listening right now. But then again, if you tune into this show daily, you know, at the way we lean on you, um, uh, you've already mastered the art of patience to stick with it for as long as you have. So thank you very much. Um, you might be frustrated uh, with your Bitcoin right now. I mean, I am. That'll actually be the topic of the next Theology Thursday series. We'll begin in a couple of weeks as we look at uh, the economy and cryptocurrencies from a biblical worldview standpoint. Um, and frankly, what you are seeing is that they are not, at least so far, holding up. Uh, at least Bitcoin isn't, uh, the granddaddy of them all, as the hedge against government debasements of economies that people had hoped. My own uh, investment into Bitcoin that I made in January, I've already lost 54% of that investment. Not, you know, well, you I mean, it's only like a 2 or 3%. No, no, I've lost 54% of the money that I put in in January, all right? And that is a reason why you might consider maybe the oldie but goodies, you know, maybe they know what they're talking about. Throughout the centuries, this is not the first time governments have attempted to debase their currencies and economies with you as the victim. And throughout the centuries when it's been tried before, smart people have protected their productivity, prosperity by going to hard assets that have stood the test of time like gold and silver. Make the move today with our friends over at Bullion Max. They are offering you their silver starter kit at employee pricing today. They can't offer it any more inexpensive than that. You get the same price that employees get today. That includes the silver American Eagle coin and more. Uh, the offer is so good. We limit it to just one t per household. Please, when you want to go, take advantage of this at bullionmax.com slash Steve. Bullionmax.com slash Steve. Ask for the silver starter kit at employee pricing. We go to bullionmax.com slash Steve. Coming up next hour, we will get to some feedback Friday, but let's begin on a Friday as we always do with the day screw. Your weekly look at the week that was begins as it always does with bleep Lord Nefarious says. Oh, this is not a video I want to make, um, and it's kind of hard to make because as I'm watching myself, I see um, 
what I'm gonna say, which is I have been diagnosed with Bell's palsy, which is paralysis on one side of the face. For me, it's uh, this side here, the left, obviously. Um, so I got it about two weeks after getting my vaccine and I had a rough go with the vaccine. Um, and I guess still am, but I have to say that I would do it again because it's what we have to do to see people. So, um, I don't know why I'm making this video, but here's my word smile. A vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or a natural disaster hits. I just listed out at the top of my, uh, at the top of the briefing on all of the uh, kind of resources, manpower, women power that's on the ground. Penile inversion vaginoplasty for trans feminine patients, so male to female, is taking a penis and essentially turning it into a vagina. So this is a very, you know, functional result. Patients have orgasmic function and can have intercourse, and it looks actually cosmetically, um, patients are very satisfied. Dr. Kumar, can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Um, so men can have pregnancies, especially trans men. We have a brand. New York has a brand. And when people see it, it means something. You know, when we go there, it's not, it, Kansas doesn't have a brand. <laughs> you know? What you're about to see is a real clip from the publication Vice attempting to do a sympathy piece on so-called rehabbed sex offenders. We all out here in this world. And we all got to make it happen. It ain't nothing stopping me. So, like, I'm very hopeful and confident. After this interview, Ashif sent a picture of his penis to our producer. By the way, it's all his fault that we're spending $6 billion in taxpayer money this month to help AIDS fight HIV AIDS. That Canadian actress counted it all joy to suffer for the name, except the name in this case is not the name of Messiah. It's the name of science, the name of the jab, the name of the spirit of the age. I would, I would offer myself up for the cause all over again. Alexa, show me a cult. There's one. Rob, we begin with you as the guest. What did the bowels of hell vomit up this week that most caught your eye and why? Uh, it, I think the one that I they audibly laughed at was the the rehab sex offender who yes. sent the pic of his the dick pic. Yeah. Um, right after it, which was kind of hilarious. But that that you know, pray to the altar of Pfizer and Moderna. Um, one is just it's so sickening. It's just it's it, you 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 know she she could be dying right. I mean she could have myocarditis and have a heart attack and be on her deathbed and she could be like, well, at least I got it so that you don't have to die too. It's for the good of the people. It's just, it's absolutely, utterly insane. But but the one that I think I laughed out loud the most at was the um, the dick pic one. And there were a lot. I mean, the the the, the guy with the two earrings saying that, um, that men can become pregnant, especially trans men. So I did not know that- Especially I, trans men. Trans men. Yeah. Especially the know, trans men, yes. Yeah. I didn't know that I, I mean, I, I always used to joke when I'd go to the doctors and they asked, you know, are you pregnant? 
um, because they've got to ask it because it's on the form for like pre-surgeries and things like that. And I always joke. I mean, I don't know if I'll get thrown out of a doctor's office now if I if I joke about not being pregnant because apparently I can be. Well, you know, I'm pushing 50, so I had to do my first colon uh, examination uh, here this year. And that came back good and negative, but the pregnancy test came back positive. So there you go. Yeah, I'm going yeah. in four weeks, Steve. Not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, what do you think? Um, I love the vice. They the, the vice thing. They try to do a flowery piece on rehab sex offenders, only as Rob pointed out for one of their producers to get sent a uh, a lewd photograph. That is that's great, but it's it's the woman from UW Health. Another week, really another day, another white woman just smiling happily, happily talking about mutilating children. I just, what is it? What is it about this issue too? And and maybe it's just maybe it's just the overall clinical um, affect of of doctors. Maybe it is. Maybe it's that. But it seems like on this issue of all issues, we're talking about, we're not even talking about plastic surgery. We're talking about, as you've pointed out, Dr. of Moreau. This is human centipede type stuff. And it's just straight face, very happy, clinical. We're going to mutilate your genitals. Uh, but don't worry, you're going to like the way it looks. I guarantee it. This is not men's warehouse. This is, this is life-altering surgery. And every week we get another woman talking about just casually talking about uh, genital mutilation. I'm just, I don't want to be numb to it. I don't want to, but when it comes to you punch after punch after punch, man, it's just what, what, as Todd likes to say and quote, quoting uh, uh, scripture, where would you yet be struck? I, I just don't know what it's going to take, what it's going to take to put an end to this for good. Why it ever? Why it ever even started in the first place? There is a not insignificant, or at the very least, if it is insignificant, it is a very prideful and shameless segment of educate well-educated white women that greatly desire to mutilate and destroy children, whether it is the murdering of their offspring before they are born, or the mutilation of them after they are born. There is a not, or at the very least, small but vocal segment of very educated... I mean, that video, there's one of those every week by a white woman exactly like that. Somewhere in the country. There is a segment of well-educated white women that greatly desire to kill their children and or mutilate and deform them. That's just in total antithesis of the nature in which they were made in the image of God and straight up demonic. It's just it's just demonic, bro. Todd, your thoughts. Remember after the 2016 election when I said that the next year was going to be even worse? Yes. And then the following year after that. And it's just kept going. And then the and following year and after going. that. Uh, yeah. Magical power vaccines told you of uh, transgenders. And once we're at transgender bathrooms, anything is possible. Told you. Why have I been right about all this? Y- year after year after year. It actually has to do 
the worst of the week is uh, what's what Eric Adams is he the mayor of New yeah. York? Right. I have New a, York does have a brand. Yeah. Uh, complete labias. Yeah. Lay down. Accept any form of oppression or tyranny whatsoever. Um, and and literally just become acolytes and slaves for the spirit of the age. He's correct. New York has a brand. Yeah, and so this goes this goes past New York. Though. I haven't pulled it out in a while, but my you know fake New York tough guy accent, which is very bad. But you're bad as men, and that's the problem. It's not just New Yorker men. These fake tough guys everywhere. We got a brand. I'm a dude. You're, you're, you, you, the women, the white women that Steve are talking about are because of men like the mayor of New York City, the Big Apple, mm-hmm. just posers, absolute posers. That guy's the next cop, too. It's, it's just fake. It's all the American men are cherry girl. There's just no there there. You're all jacked up on silicone. Hmm. It's disgusting. Everything in that montage is possible because of clown shows like Mayor Eric Adams. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the appeal of watching something called a Lizzo play James Madison's flute. Oh, no. And 10 being the actual amount of of skin flutes that Lindsey Graham will play this, this weekend. Do you have a dump button over there? Rank this week's level of total depravity, Todd. Ten. Rob. I'm going to go five because I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> so I'm just going to go five in the middle. It could always get worse. I don't know if ten's the bad one or one's the bad one with those two options. With those two so options? I'm going to go five down the middle. It can always get worse. I think that's a smart play, actually. I think that's a smart play. Both flute options were terrifying to Rob Eno. Yes. Aaron. I'm actually with Rob. That's very smart. I was, I was not going to go there. But you did. As soon but as you someone said tweeted flutes, that to was... me this morning, and I thought, you know what? By golly, I have a reputation to protect here. <laughs> and I cannot permit someone, some rando on Twitter, to out-insult Lindsey Graham to me. So, there you have it. Before we get to issue two, a word from our friends over at Omega XL. You know, there are 360 places in your body from your neck down to your feet called joints, which are great when it comes to maintaining an active lifestyle, being flexible, etc. But as we get older, they can also become little hubs for inflammation. And, And that inflammation is likely the culprit when it comes to that lingering, nagging, achiness and soreness and stiffness that just won't go away. That's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory like the ones made by our friends. Over at Omega XL, almost three decades of clinical research have gone into this formula and three years of me using it on a daily basis so I can personally attest to its effectiveness. I don't go anywhere without it. I would personally highly recommend it. It is great stuff. If you want to try it today, you can buy one bottle and get a second one for free when you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve or call them at 800-844-4888. And now let us get to issue two, Dementia Joe. From blaming Elton John for AIDS. It's all his fault that we're spending $6 billion in taxpayer money this month 
to help AIDS fight AIDS, HIV AIDS. To looking for dead people. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? To once more having Jill Biden direct him. Not even the White House press corps could ignore Joe Biden's obvious dementia this week. What happened in the hunger event today? The president appeared to look around the room uh, for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month. He said, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. The late Congresswoman was top of mind for the president and her family was expected to be here. And that's what he was thinking about. What, what was he looking for? I'm not trying to be... Here. Can you explain where the mistake was made? I, mean, I have John Lennon top of mind just about every day, but I'm not looking around for him anywhere. Does he believe he handled that reference appropriately, or is this something that he would like to get back? Get uh, what? Like to get back what? He said, "Where is Jackie?" Confusing part is why, if she and the family is top of mind, does the president think that she's living and in the room? I don't find that confusing. So, Rob, I want to begin this with you. We, we discussed it for just a couple of minutes yesterday, but I, I want to go more in depth on this. Because it seems to me, let's let in fact, let's see if we even if you, you and I even agree on this, first and foremost. It seems to me that Biden's dementia crossed some kind of red line with his own fluffer duty media this week. I mean, I, I, the, the full video that goes on for what, six, seven, eight minutes. One of the most extraordinary videos I think that's ever emerged out of a White House press corps briefing in American history with extremely favorable media that almost seems that, in fact, not almost, literally seems apologetic about asking these questions. But he literally went sixth sense. I see dead people. The wandering off the next day with the wandering off the stage after that. Okay, this are are we wrong here, Rob? You're, you kind of, you, you're one of the things you, you have like the Jamaican role here at Blaze. I mean, yeah. you do seven different jobs and one of them on is uh, me, following the media. Did, was there a red line crossed with Fluffer Duty Media this week with his dementia? I think that it was, like, like you're saying, I think that it was so obvious that there is something extremely wrong in a number of instances this week. There was a FEMA event too where he didn't know where he was going. Um, that the media has to ask these questions. It's like if they found out uh, that Dave was the president in the movie Dave um, and finally had to start asking the questions, right? Is the, the is he the real president? Is he just somebody that looks like him? Um, we're, we're living through what could be Dave, right? I mean, I, I'm expecting a fake Joe Biden to pop up at any moment um, while they keep the real Joe Biden, you know, in the basement after the stroke. It's just, it's insane. And I think the media has finally figured out that they can't do it. And, and you didn't show the part of that video where people kept asking questions and she didn't, just didn't want to answer them and was like, um, sorry, why do you keep asking me this question? You're being rude. Your colleague's trying to ask another question mm-hmm. because KG, Corinne Jean-Pierre just wouldn't answer the question. And, and I feel... You know, sometimes you feel bad for people that have a job to do. I mean, she knows that the guy has rampant dementia, but it's not her job to say that he does, right? So she's got to look like Baghdad Corinne and just say everything's fine here. And you know that she knows. I think that as more and more of this happens, that you're going to see 
the media more and more question it. And it's going to become an issue. I mean, we knew it was happening before the election, right? I mean, we knew that there was something off about Joe Biden. And I think that, that, that you're getting to a point where you can't do it. I mean, Joe Biden, Jill, doc, Dr. Jill, doctor of education, Jill Biden, is basically the president now, just like Wilson's wife was the president during the latter part of his administration. And, you know, there wasn't a 24-7 media coverage back then, and you could hide that. I just don't think you can hide it now, and I don't know how much longer it's going to last. I, I, It'll probably last through the midterms, but after the midterms, there's going to be some serious questions asked, especially when the Republican Party is probably going to, and rightfully so, um, do, and we'll call it a sham impeachment because that's the new norm, right? Is you just impeach the president every mm -hmm. six months. Um, they're going to find a way to get rid of them and, you know, scares the heck out of me that we're going to have a president Kamala Harris. But I think we will next year. So this was the follow-up conversation we had uh, about this yesterday. Was this what Rush Limbaugh used to call accidental journalism, that they just stumbled upon it because of, of how um, stark this particular moment was? Is it an attempt to lay the groundwork to eventually get to say, I'm with her again, which they didn't get to do to their full satisfaction in 2016 with a President Kamala? Is it that... Um, it, 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 the die seems cast in this election now that they're toast. And so this is just too much water for them to even carry with minimal return on investment at the exact same time. Is it a combination of those things? Is it something else? What's the motivation behind this, do you think? I, I think it's, oh my God, we can't hide this anymore. I think they actively wanted to hide it, right? And they would scoff at people like Peter Ducey or some of the other, um, a lot of the foreign press, I think, have asked these questions before. Um, I just think it was so stark. It, it was, I mean, people say that the, the, the stand-up bill or whatever his name was thing was bad for mm -hmm. Biden. This was worse. I mean, the person was dead or has been dead for a month. And as the president, you should know that. Um, and it's just, he looks like a lost puppy dog. He stares. Um, and there's probably he not just, enough he looks at what he world. looks like what 80 year old men in a nursing home look like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I've never thought that maybe there should be a you know, there's a 35 year age limit um, at the bottom half of a presidency. Maybe the Constitution um, should have a 75 or a 72 year age limit at the top of the presidency um, for election. You know, this is, there's people that say that we're living in a gerontocracy, that the baby boomers don't want to give up their power. Um, you know, by rights, we should have had a Gen X president by now, somebody in our age group. Steve, we're, we're, we're reaching 60, right? Our, our generation, the top end of our generation, we're, we're smack in the middle of it, but the top end of our generation is, at, is reaching 60 right now, and there has not been a president from our generation um, because the baby boomers have not want, wanted to give up power. And now you're seeing them not want to give up power so much that they're demented and they have no idea what's going on. And we're, we're living in a presidency by a council of advisors, which, you know, for those of us that believe in the administrative state and think that that's what's wrong with America, I mean, that's what's been happening um, forever. But, you know, I don't think, I think they're running out of drugs that they can give him to keep him focused. Um, and, and, you know, I feel bad for him. That, that this is happening and 
that someone like, I mean, J Jill Biden is a horrible human being to let this happen to her husband. Um, just an absolute horrible human being that that as a family, that discussion should have been made. But when, you know, Joe Biden's not the president, Hunter can't make money and the brother can't make money and everybody can't make money. So I understand why the family is keeping him in power. But it's just it's a horrible thing to do to a human being. Side note, after burying their 81 year old drummer. Rolling Stones have announced they are doing a massive tour in 2023. Are you serious? I'm not kidding you. Straight up. Not even kidding. Not With even kidding. With a 72-year-old drummer, probably? Yeah. Uh, not even kidding. Todd, I mean, all the right. Beach Boys are still going. What do you think about what, how, how Rob, what he thought of the discussion we had about well, this I yesterday? I don't agree that, uh, it, and, and I, maybe it's just a, it's not fundamentally about the word itself but i don't think the press has been trying to hide anything i think they've just ignored it from the very beginning they don't care i mean they, they're constantly trolling america by not caring i mean hiding is you know what they did uh with uh uh fdr this is just it's, it's been out in the open since he was running for president it's why he couldn't win any states until order 66 was called so they've just decided to ignore it but we, Rob and I come to this ultimately the same conclusion. What now is the too heavy a lift of what I talked about is what they're staring in the faces. You know, they, they had uh, both houses of Congress and the presidency. What's coming along is just co Congress and, a, you know, a semi-conservative Supreme Court against Joe Biden. And that, because it's so dementia-ridden, the, the, you know, the press has no idea from day to day. You know, they... Like I said, they, they're willing to lie and say a lot of things from behind the safety of a keyboard, but a lot of them don't want to go be Kareen up there. And that's ultimately what all of them are going to have to be right quick. And so unless something really changes in terms of the dynamic, and I'm terms, again, I know everybody's trying to push for World War Three. We've had COVID. Anything is possible. Um, but yeah, they just don't know how. They can't see through this fog right now and how they're going to do it. And that worries them. Aaron? For a number of years now, there has been an unwritten rule or unwritten agreement between um, the White House and mainstream media, which is uh, the media says, hey, we're here to make your job easy. Just the only thing, the only thing we ask in return is that you also make our job easy. And when one of that, uh, one side of that unwritten contract or unwritten agreement um, falls down, you see what, what we got in the White House briefing room the other day. This is not, th this is looking around the room for a dead person. I mean, there's falling off the bike, there's the, the, the gaffes, the Uncle Joe or Dementia Joe gaffes, but that is a Rubicon, looking around the room for a dead person. And I think a lot of those journalists, uh, journalists, whether or not they realized it, I think they were like, wait a minute, they're, they're making our, I, we can't, there's no way we can massage this. You're making our job hard. How dare you? And that's, that's what we got in the briefing room. Very quickly, in less than a minute, anybody have a thought of Rob's idea of adding a clause about an age restriction on the high end in the Constitution? I'm like I was with um, term limits. I used to think, you know, a grown-up nation doesn't need such. Mm -hmm. we, we're not a grown-up nation anymore, so yeah, I'm fine with it. 
Uh, if it's somebody who's actually good and effective for our um, for our causes, I'm against it. If it's not, then yes, I'm for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm just. I know you're serious. Zero sum game. Yeah, uh, you know what my new standard is, man. My new standard is uh, anything short of violating the word of God. I like it better when the people I agree with win and the people I don't agree with lose. That's yes. what I like. Yeah. Exit question: If the odds Joe Biden is still president on October first, two thousand and twenty-three. We're a lyric to Alice in Chains' Rooster, one of the top five songs of the 1990s. Which lyric would it be? A. Ain't found a way to kill me yet. B. Army Green was no safe bet. C. Seems every path leads me to nowhere. Aaron. C. I agree, C. Rob. C. That can mean a lot of different things. It can mean confusion... Both, he continues on in confusion. You're, you are, we're confused about what the outcome will be. Um, regardless of what happens, whether he's president or Kamala is, we're in the same boat anyway with the same ideology, right? I mean, that could yeah. mean a, a lot of different things. Yes. Could mean a little bit of all those things, right? But, I mean, he shouldn't be president of the United States for multiple reasons, and here he is. So I'm not about to say, of course, he's not going to be. Well, beyond stealing the election, and he did, I, I don't think anybody 80 years old, and I mean anybody, I, I don't care if it's Moses, Jesus, Jesus Shuttlesworth, Donald Trump, Ron Paul, um, Joe Biden, I don't think anybody 80 years old should hold any kind of high office in America, period, period. The idea, we're, we're, the idea in a nation of 360 million people that we need someone at, at 80 years old to hold office uh, in order to, you know, function as a country. I just reject that as arrogant, generational arrogance from the outside. So, friends, if you're not feeling overly confident about the future right now, and frankly, you should not. Uh, Check out our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Get the peace of mind of knowing that uh, after Let's Go Brandon gets done, Let's Go Brandoning everything else, it'll probably make sure it gets its uh, slimy, cancerous hands on the food supply as well. Make sure you and your family are prepared for just such an event. With the three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply, breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks and drinks, the full complement of 2,000-plus calories a day for you and everyone in your household can be available to you right now. To know you've got peace of mind for three months should. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon, again. Go to preparewithdace.com. Get this deal right now for 20% off. 20% off and free shipping. 20% off and free shipping if you take advantage of this special offer right now on my landing page at preparewithdace.com. That's preparewithdace.com. Let's welcome back in Rob Eno. Plays TV contributor and colleague as we continue on with our weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three, wither patriotism. In just the last week, a pro-life Catholic from Pennsylvania had his home raided and had guns pointed at him in front of his family by upwards of 20 FBI agents. Then the performing artist Lizzo, whose only known talents are being morbidly obese and race baiting, 
desecrated James Madison's more than 200-year-old crystal flute, and finally the first so-called transgender doctor in the armed forces was arrested this week after attempting to provide Russia with the medical information of several U.S. service members. So you'll have to forgive those who, when something happens like the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines, are quick to blame the U.S. By the way, that story of the dude who feels pretty being the first tranny soldier in army history or officer and then turns out to be a traitor and not just to turns any country to well i hear you okay and not so a double infiltrator yes. yeah, i hear you uh to, not not just to any nation but russia that's walk off my work here is done my career here has reached the, the, the circle is now complete. We're done here. I mean, move on. Every spirit of the age lie and trope simultaneously box checked in one headline. That's, that's the headline of the era, not just the year. I don't know if you've noticed this. Is it, does it seem like with increasing frequency, we are seeing real headlines that are like, I don't know, just ma- out of like bad right-wing propaganda. Like the Babylon Bee didn't even think of that yet. I know. And it already happened. Yes. Okay. But anyway, back to the main topic here. And and not to not that we want to exclude Aaron, but we do have three Gen Xers here. And so I included this topic f- basically for my own personal edification. Not necessarily because it's the most newsworthy thing. But the last 30 months, guys, have all but extinguished my we're America bitch child of the 80s patriotism it's basically just gone like i don't even pay attention to what we do in international competitions i don't even care like if your daughter was in it i'd pay attention as a you know as, mm-hmm. as a salute to the urzen family but i i don't really care I'm, I'm not a flag waver you know i'm five minutes from kneeling to the national anthem myself albeit for different reasons i mean i i'm just i'm saddened by this but it's the truth nevertheless i mean i whether it's Nord Stream, Ukraine, and on and on it goes, okay? I mean, I don't know how you're not just instantly... What The last 30 minutes have shown, or 30 months have shown me what our government is fully capable of. And my knee-jerk patriotic fervor is pretty toast as a result. So, Rob, actually, Todd, first question on this one to you. Rob's gotten to go twice, first twice. So I'll, I'll ask you first this time. Do you consider yourself as patriotic as you were five years ago, pre-COVID, start of this year, any period of recent time? Yes and no, and then why? Mm, no, 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 no. Uh, famous song by a bunch of lefties from Australia, but they made some darn good music. Midnight Oil, My Country, Right or Wrong. Um, no. That's uh, I. I've, I've oh, the said, beds are burning. Beds are burning. Uh, yeah. Okay. One. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I've said this out loud, but I I can envision a time yet in my life where there is a reasonable effort to get out of not just the cities, but to get out of America. I I don't the the lines. And, and this has to do with what Steve says. When you let go of the rope, it goes fast. We are living on fumes right now. Mm. 
And again, because of the oceans, the again, as Steve has said, the, you know, the the hundred years of uh, Adam Smith come alive in terms of uh, our uh, e economy clipping along and the, the, the buffer room that's built in. But it's th th this thing is falling apart. It is literally we used to talk about, you know, earthquake, California falling into the sea. The whole whole place is falling into the sea. When you're doing what you are to kids, this is we have nothing on the Aztecs. Nothing. We're throwing kids into a volcano. So there's really nothing to be patriotic. At least they did it yeah. in the name of their tradition. We do it in the name of modernity and mm -hmm. progress. Yeah. We considered it enlightened, yeah. not a throwback or, or reverential, you know, acknowledgement of legacy. This is cutting edge. Mm -hmm. This and, is what the enlightened do now. And furthermore, I'll say this, and this needs to be brought up again. The, 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 the accoutrements, the things we have, this is why Steve's a unicorn. Steve allows himself those things because he gives at least equal measure and much more to the other things. Period. That's not true with everybody else. Almost everybody else is drunk on their comforts. Their comforts are why the rope is going to keep slipping like this. No one puts on the brakes. In Europe, they're starting to wake up because they know they're facing being cold and hungry. I don't, I just, there's nothing inherently bad. And I said before COVID even came along, you remember, we, we're going to, the American revolution is lost. We're going to have to reboot the whole thing. And so, yeah, there's, we, we don't hold the pride of place on anybody in this world anymore. That is deeply tragic, but I apologize for nothing in terms of saying it. We're living in an era where this is an actual poll that the blaze is running right now. Who would you bet on to finish a sentence first? Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, or Nancy Pelosi? They're the most powerful people in the world. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, what say you? Um, I don't know if it's that I'm not more patriotic or that my patriotism is just in a different light and that I don't trust leaders. Um, you know, I didn't watch the Olympics this year, not because I didn't want to root for Americans, but because they were in communist China. Right. But it's part of the same thing. I think we, we grew up in a I think for a lot of my life, I was K in The Godfather. When Michael comes back after his wife gets killed in Sicily, they're sitting on that street in New England, the fall colors all around them. Michael says that he's back, wants him to be her wife. And she's apprehensive because of what the family does. And then she says, uh, well, you know, presidents and senators don't kill people. And Michael goes, well, you're kind of naive. I think we were brought up or I was naive and, you know, I'm not woke. I'm awake. The whole awake. I think there's sure. a great awakening yeah. of people. Um, you know, when we grew up, Steve, it was it was Rocky four or Rocky three, Rocky four. It was the Rambo movies. You know, I'm at the point where I, I don't know if not the G.I. Joe cartoons were, you know, a CIA, um, you know, indoctrination technique. Only comic book as a kid I ever, right? I ever, I ever subscribed to. Like I took my allowance money yeah. I made on the side and it was to pay to subscribe to the G.I. Joe comic. That's how much I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I had the yeah. G.I. Joe. Yeah. 
it, the G.I. Joe Transformer crossover was awesome. Yep. Yeah. You probably read it too. Yeah. But yeah, but it's like, was that them trying to indoctrinate us? When, when I mean, I too, you see the Nord Stream leak and it's the first thing, well, of course, that they did it in order for Raytheon to have more profits, right? I mean, Eisenhower warned us of this. Eisenhower warned us of the military-industrial complex running the country, and the military-industrial complex runs the country. The reason that the Ukraine war exists is because we fomented a coup of somebody that agreed that it was friendly with both us and Russia. We fermented a coup within two months of that coup happening. It was a bloodless coup. But within two months of that coup happening and them not following their constitution and the president of Ukraine getting deposed by a CIA-led effort, Putin was like, this new guy doesn't like me and my country's entire naval presence is within this country. You know, th this is old school national interest. I'm going to take the place where my naval base is. He didn't do that because he wanted to do that. He did that because he was pushed to do that. And if you say that, you're called a Putin apologist. That This is the first time that if World War III was to happen and we were to get involved, I don't know if I would be gung-ho, let's go America, right? Because I don't know if we would be the right, if we would be in the right. I never thought I would say that, Steve. But the last 10 years have been so upside down. And I don't know if it's always been like this. And I need to apologize to my lefty friends who in 2002, um, you know, we used to go make fun of for, you know, protesting against the, the Bush war in Iraq. Mm -hmm. And I'm just awake to it now. And what's funny is those are the guys that are like, oh, let's just go into a global nuclear conflict. And it, it reminds me of that question that you asked about October 1st, 2023. I mean, will we even be here on October 1st, 2023? Uh, am I going to run up my credit cards in the next two weeks? Or the next two months, because you know Putin's about to start World War III with nukes, and we're just not going to be here. I mean, we're, we're as close to that as I think we've ever been in my life. And I was born in 1973 and grew up during the height of the or the 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 height to the to the fall of the mm -hmm. Soviet Union. But I mean, the Soviet Union was was a powerhouse for the first 15 years of my life. And I don't think I ever felt that we would go to nuclear war because I think adults had the keys and they knew that if they pressed it, we'd all die. But I, I don't know if that's what we're, the case. what we're really saying is we don't believe the people that run this country believe in the founding creeds and values of the country. And therefore, we're not as quick to instantly align with their uh, narratives, and even if it's against what we seem to be obvious enemies, well, hey, Putin didn't try to poison me with an experimental jab and tell me that I had to literally get a mark of, uh, called that incision to buy or sell uh, have a job for the last two years. Putin didn't do that. Putin didn't try to choke my kids out, Aaron, with a Chinese face diaper. Putin didn't create uh, the do the funding that helped the Chinese create the bioweapon over there in the Wuhan lab. We did all those things. My own government did all those things. Yeah, and just briefly, just two anecdotal things that I'll say just to kind of answer this question uh, about patriotism. Tomorrow, going to the Iowa-Michigan game, going to be a sold-out crowd in Kinnick Stadium. I'll stand for the national anthem. There will probably be some sort of flyover. I'll think that's cool. I ain't going to get goosebumps like I used to because of just what that symbolism was and how powerful of a moment that is. I just I just don't. I just don't. I won't. Vladimir Putin is an evil, wicked man. I wouldn't w w wish for my worst enemies to live under his rule. 
He is a thug, a gangster, a cruel, cruel man. He flippin' knows what a woman is, I guarantee you that. You, you, Todd, you want to talk about the Aztecs? We don't have anything on the Aztecs. You know, at least Vladimir Putin knows what a woman is, probably. At least he knows, I know he knows what, uh, what a marriage actually is. That's a kind of a big deal in Russia. At least he knows some of these fundamental building blocks. Hmm. I have no confidence whatsoever when we've got a, uh, a dude who thinks he's pretty, doctor, selling secrets to Russia, actually. Um, and and we, I'm sure we celebrated that individual as well. I have no confidence that we even can get the fundamental building blocks of, you know, life right, much less uh, geopolitical conflict. So that's where I am. So let's skip the exit question because we're also short on time, but I think it would actually flow better if we went right to the kicker topic, issue four. If you could change one thing in the country to restore your patriotic fervor, what would it be and why? Quick answers only. Aaron. Purge the military of lefties. Make the law that's just officially passed in Arizona to make all public funding go to the student instead of the system. Make it national. You mean from an education in the education mm-hmm. side, right, Rob? Disband the FBI and the CIA. You guys know these are all answers that in the '60s and '70s lefties would have given to questions like this. Do you guys know that? <laughs> I mean, this is with the stuff of church committees and those sorts of things. You guys realize that, right? So, is this when we start playing the international? behind us all right let's get to predictions Aaron go Michigan will win and cover pretty comfortably tomorrow afternoon Uh, so I'm just going to connect to take my whooping uh, hopefully enjoy it for like maybe a half a quarter and go home ain't falling for the banana the tailpipe Todd I know what I just said about uh, Biden but um, let's say uh, I'm gonna say he he's before the election he's going to say that he's resigning before the election even before this wow. coming, before this coming election he's going to resign hmm. i don't know what the window on when that's going to happen but he'll announce it throw some chaos into this entire thing rob i'm usually not good with predictions so i'm just going to say that the best uh college sport is starting tomorrow and that umass lowell will be in the frozen four after this election, my prediction is after this election democrats will do with the economy what george w bush did in iraq after the 04 election when he finally sent the military in to brutally clean up the Anbar province with the pressure of the election behind him. I think you'll see Democrats do that with the economy. I think they will let the economy fully bottom out over the wintertime. And then sometime in the spring, summer, try to reboot it behind a President Kamala Harris, thus trying to give her some momentum heading into 2024. Rob, what are your quick thoughts on that? Yeah, it's they they need to win in 2024. If the election, if the the economy stays the way that it is, um, that's not going to happen. And there's a far way to go um, before we bottom out. And and I could completely see them um, doing that. It's next year is just going to be a weird year. I think with the yeah, it's definitely if they can try to do it, hopefully with a Republican Congress, they could stop it from happening. But they just go along to get along anyway. So I don't. Yeah, they're, they're going to do it. Agree with you completely. Mm. Rob, good to see you as always, man. Been too long since we've had you on the roundtable. Good to have you back. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Enjoy your weekend. You guys have a quick thought on that prediction? I agree. Next year, I mean, there's... Is there any oil in the st- strategic petroleum reserve left? Is there any oil we're down left? down to where we were when you and I were kids in the 80s, Todd. 
We have the amount of oil in the strategic petroleum reserve right now that we had in the 1980s. Are we the baddies? Are we living with the baddies? Right? We'll come back. Feedback Friday is next. We are back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. You can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter. You can also get clips of the show free of any censorship and free to watch at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. You can also find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace is where you'll find me there, at Real Steve Dace. If you're a podcast listener, thank you so much. We appreciate your enormous contribution to me getting my contract extended here in a couple of months because it wouldn't have happened without all of you. You're a big part of our audience. Please show your appreciation for us by hitting subscribe or follow, leaving us a five-star review. Uh, that definitely helps to appease the, the bitter and finicky algorithmic gods as well as the very demanding and slavish overlords here at The Blaze. It pleases both of those entities. Thank you very much to both of you, or all of you, that have been helping us to please both of them with those five-star reviews. Please keep those coming. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com in these unprecedented times. Bing. And, and, and this isn't even like a shtick anymore. January of 2021... A 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was 2.65% on average. It's over 7% here, heading into October 1, 2022. We've not, that's not even like a shtick of an overused cliche, you know, out of COVID where that whole unprecedented began. It was mm-hmm. just kept being said so often that we turned it into a shtick with these ads. It, it's actually very unprecedented, which is why there has never been a bigger need to make sure you do not dare get into the let's go Brandon real estate market without an agent whose track record of success has been fully vetted and therefore you can trust where would you find that kind of an agent name kind of says it all head over to realestateagentsitrust.com we vet everybody before we let them into the database and uh, let them network with you that's why we've got thousands of agents waiting in line to be vetted and included a lot of times these agents will come from this audience so you know they share your values if you are looking for an agent that will help you navigate successfully a very difficult and frustrating process make sure uh, you go to realestateagentsitrust.com get started over there today at realestateagentsitrust.com Let's begin some Feedback Friday with John in Arkansas. You guys ready to go? Let's do it. Would you guys give me a congratulatory shout out for my brother Paul on the birth of his first grandchild, a granddaughter, back on September the 21st. We have lost several relatives over the last two years, including our dad in June of 2021 and our grandmother in July of this year. So this beautiful new gift from God is an especially joyous occasion. Here, here. Here, here. Absolutely. And consider that to be your shout out. Jacob says, we had an opportunity to meet at an ice cream social a few months ago. And I'm running for Iowa House, um, which is a seat conservatives have not won this seat in like a hundred years. And no, that's not even hyperbole. 
Any chance you can give me a shout out? You bet. Jacob Onkin is his name. Good dude. Met him and his family. Good looking dude. Uh, he is a candidate for an Iowa District 89, which is over in eastern Iowa, the very left wing part of the state. And as he said, the Republicans, uh, or at least one that you would want to vote for, hasn't won this seat in like a century. All right. So if you want to learn more about Jacob's campaign, right, onken for 89com O-N-K-E-N, onken for 89com is the website. He's just a young guy, Aaron, about your age. Very good. All right. Excellent. And he's just, he's just, he had a wife now and a kid and he's worried about the future. And he recognizes the urgency of the moment, so he's stepping into the breach. Good for you, man. Absolutely. Onken for 89, as in District 89. O-N-K-E-N, Onken for 89.com. Ben writes, Steve, what would the economy look like if Trump was president right now? Honestly, wondering how much of this was because of all the horrible decisions during COVID lockdowns. How much of this is from the last year? This is a great question. Great question. What we have going on right now, Ben, in my view, is we are getting hit with a double whammy right now. The double whammy is that, yes, Uncle Bingo, it is time to pay the check from the ridiculousness of what went on with COVID and the lockdowns. That's actually where uh, your inflation and the debasement of our currency, um, the... uh, wasn't isn't something like eighty percent of every dollar that's ever been printed in American history has been printed? It's over seven, well over seventy percent. So it's over seventy percent just since COVID, I believe. Correct, yeah. right? So this had we were always going to face some level of comeuppance here, regardless of who won in two thousand and twenty. Let me rephrase that: we were always going to face some level of comeuppance here regardless of whomever was declared the winter winner in 2020. Let me put it that way. Okay. That was unavoidable. That was going to occur. All right. Our politicians wrote too many checks with their mouths that our bodies couldn't cash that this was going to happen. So if Trump were president right now, would we have seen in 21 and 22, the level of, well, let me pause for a second. Would we have seen in 21 the level of robust economic resurgence and growth that we had seen in 17, 18, and 19 under Trump? I don't believe that. No. No. But remember I said we're facing a double whammy. So the first whammy we were always going to face, and Trump is absolutely uh, the bearer of some responsibility for that. That's unavoidable. I think only one member of Congress at the time voted against those. It was Thomas Massey, or maybe he it was his vote was to was to force them to actually vote and not just roll, and not just voice vote it. He forced them to actually go on the record and vote for it. Remember, Trump actually threatened him with a primary for doing that. Okay, and attacked him for it. So yes, Trump does bear some responsibility for this, no question. But the double whammy is something that Trump would not have subjected us to. The two biggest industries in America, other than government, <laughs> all right, there's a lot of states in the union where government is the biggest industry. Don't you think that's a long-term recipe for success in an economy, by the way? No. No, it's not. Other than government, the two biggest industries in America are education and energy. 
So obviously when we talk about government, we're talking about, you know, defense contracting in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We're talking about everything that government subsidizes and touches to some degree. Other than government, the two biggest industries in America, which by the way are also heavily regulated and subsidized, are education and energy. We are facing a double whammy right now. I was texting back and forth with our CEO this morning, Tyler, talking about what's going on with Ukraine, Putin, Nord Stream, and now you have uh, Putin uh, announcing the annexation today, and we were discussing my thoughts that th this is now, uh, Putin has announced his sell price to end this. I walk out of here with the less than 20% of Ukraine I have claimed in their Russian-speaking lands. That's how I say face. And that's my sell price to get you guys out of here and winter is coming. All right. So we're negotiating now. Part of that negotiation is Ukraine. It's no coincidence. It is no coincidence that after Putin gives that speech today, Ukraine makes a formal application for entrance into NATO, which Putin said was his red line. We're negotiating now. The EU, otherwise known as the World Economic Forum, will come back and say, well, you know, uh, our sell price is that Ukraine gets into NATO so that you can't take the rest of it, so we can maintain our money laundering scheme in the in the nation. So you can bill yourself as the Peter the Great liberator of Russian-speaking Slavs throughout the, throughout the Baltic to hold on to your cultural heritage and legacy of Russian dominionism. We just want the grift. So you take the Russian-speaking peoples, we'll take the other 80% of Ukraine, call it a day. They're negotiating. You're watching them negotiate now. The clock is ticking. The Shycoms have let Putin know, time's up, we're bored, and this has gone on for way too long. And the EU is looking at, winter is coming. Putin today blamed Anglo-Saxons for the destruction of the pipeline. Now, who were the Anglo-Saxons? Historically, Germany. Or Germanic tribes that had invaded uh, Britannia in post-Roman Empire era. So, he, and Germany is the most powerful nation in the EU. It's really the only economically solvent nation in the EU, with England gone now. So he's basically saying the EU, or even NATO, as Tyler pointed out, blew up Nord Stream, is basically what Putin is saying. Of course, the people representing us in the, Western econ in the, in the World Economic Forum West, all right, they're saying who blew it up? He did. Right. So Putin is claiming that the EU or NATO blew up its own feeding tube and the EU NATO is claiming that Putin blew up his own pipeline. Right. Do we have examples where either Putin or the World Economic Forum is concerned of either of these two entities pursuing policies that are self-destructive to their own citizens, but advance their agendas? We have any precedents where either Putin or the World Economic Forum mm. is concerned? Uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. So there's your answer. Why does this tie into your question, Ben? Because what's going on, you know, uh, Tyler was talking about the beating of war drums. If China and Russia have discovered ways of cheap energy. And I came back with, are you talking about civil war drums? Because what the Western countries are doing is voluntarily denying themselves cheap energy in order to, to, to pursue an agenda. 
The Western countries are voluntarily denying themselves cheap energy to pursue an ideological agenda to the detriment of their own citizens. The starving of them, the freezing of them, the boiling of them. That's what the World Economic Forum countries are doing. That would not be happening to us if Trump were president today. So remember a few minutes ago when I paused and said, I, I want to readdress where things would be in 22. I think clearly 21 would be digging up, digging out from nuclear fallout to some degree. I, I, don't, I don't see how we could not have avoided paying the check for the amount of checks we wrote in 2020. And Trump wrote those checks. He signed them as the CEO of America. What he would not have done, though, is the double whammy, and that's what's even killed us all the more in 22. I don't believe Putin would have invaded Ukraine. Uh, I don't believe we'd be, we, 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 would, we were energy independent when Trump left the White House from a domestic standpoint. Right now, our strategic petrol reserve is at 1980s levels. And, and, and putting ourselves in a national security deficit has, done, has really done what to alleviate the pressure at the pump? Little to nothing. Right. Little to nothing. He would not be pursuing in denial of total reality an ideological agenda that would handicap and hamstring and handcuff us from an energy standpoint with arguably the biggest and most important industry uh, in America. And therefore, their most vital industry to American economic security. He would not be doing that. Trump would be more inclined to cut a crappy deal with Iran to get their cheap oil than to let something like this happen. You know what I'm saying? This, this he would not let happen. The idea that we would just be blindly pursuing agendas to deny ourselves cheap energy and thus double whammying voluntarily, voluntarily, voluntarily double whammying our own economy. No way that happens if Trump is president. No way. So would 21 and maybe some into 22 had been the year of Uncle Bingo's got to pay the check for all the checks we wrote during COVID? Yeah. Would we be sitting here going into the fourth quarter of 22, though, in the shape we're in today because of the double whammy we're facing? Hell no. No way. No way. It's amazing how Trump, we just got to talking about how frustrating is, but how much of a hinge of history he is to everything you just got done talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, the consequences of his election, his presence were enormous, absolutely enormous. I think this conversation is, there's a number of reasons, but it's probably the foremost reason why they had to uh drop his uh his wheel uh that that, that what, what can can we say they stole the election yeah we're going to say that it's the biggest reason why they stole the election they had to in 2020 because Trump comes back in there there's no way you look at every single indicator of inflation and sky high prices what's number 1 number 2 number 4 on the list some variation of utilities oil and energy that's the biggest riser. Those are the biggest risers. There's no way in heck. And that impacts the price of literally everything else. Mm -hmm. 
there's no way in heck I believe that he allows that to happen. There's no way in heck that uh, he, uh, he, he, well, of course, he's not on board with the Green uh, New Deal type of stuff. There's no way in heck that that, at least that sector, which is a huge sector, goes out of control the way that it did, that it did. They didn't cheat. They didn't cheat because they thought Donald Trump couldn't dig out. They, they cheated because they thought that he would, or at least he could. And that got in the way of the Great Reset plans. That's the number one reason, I believe, of many, but the number one, why they had to steal that election. That's such a vital point that you just made. Let's assume my analysis is correct as a follow-up to what you just said. Imagine if we have a faster recovery from the from what went on during COVID because of our energy independence and therefore the cost of transporting goods and services and those sorts of things, we keep them reasonably affordable. We don't see the inflation that we're seeing across the board, the supply chain threats and everything else. Okay. And a little pain, it's still painful, but after a painful paying of the bills in arrears, you know, by summer 2022, Christmas shopping season of 2022 at the latest, it's morning in America again. The American people were taught a lesson. Energy, just like no one, no one campaigns on comprehensively raising taxes across the board anymore. After the success of the Reagan 80s, the only arguments we have about taxes anymore are how much you're allowed to earn and still get a tax cut. That's, that's the argument we have now. Right, mean the means testing of tax cuts. No one denies that cutting taxes spurs economic growth. No one denies this, at least, well, in a political construct, they don't. I'm sure they have all kinds of true-believing cultic economists that might deny this, but they're not running for office. No Democrat runs for major national office anymore on comprehensively raising everybody's tax rates. No one does that, except for maybe Bernie Sanders, but he's a, technically an independent. Reagan changed the calculus. The American people were conditioned that cutting taxes, they, taught, they, were, they were taught the lesson. Cutting taxes spurs economic growth. And so now, now it's about means testing taxes. Well, let's raise taxes on the rich, right? Or cut taxes on the middle class. See what, see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, the, the Overton window was dramatically expanded on that issue. If Trump is president today, they might miss forever the window to Green New Deal this thing. Because just as Reagan taught the American people that tax cuts in some way, shape, or form spur economic growth, Trump would have taught the people that energy independence in some way, shape, or form is vital for both national security and economic stability interests. It's it's In the future, moving forward now, it is a non-negotiable. It is a non-negotiable. And therefore, everything, whether it's ethanol or wind or, or petro, everything's going to have to market itself now as an instrument of energy independence. Not green, not clean. No one cares. I mean, I can't. I mean, how many people are how many people couldn't get out of Hurricane Ian because of their damn EVs? They could not afford that lesson being taught. They may never recover from it generationally. The window for the economic 
version of the Great Reset, as you said, Aaron, may have been slammed shut right here this, and now. This is so true. That's what I, you got me thinking about something, but this is what I meant about him being a hinge of history, whether he fully understood that he was or not, and it's clear that he didn't, didn't. But you're absolutely right. Before all of this happened, Steve, do you remember how many of the oil companies themselves and their own commercials were talking about how they were greening themselves? All of them. Yes. All this, of them. Be- before, system, COVID, I, before COVID, I was told, I've got a few contacts at the higher levels of the ethanol industry. I was told that a major American oil company bought an ethanol firm knowing it was a economic loser just so they could bump their green energy profile on wall street for green energy investors just basically is a a very expensive virtue signal in other words so yeah the 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 trance that all of the institutions had been put into they were terrified that donald trump and uh his mega army were just going to detonate a gigantic bomb in the middle of all of it, and that the dominoes that would fall because of it, you're absolutely right, would not be able to be recovered because of how painstakingly they had laid this over generations. Before we continue on, a quick word about our friends over at Patriot Mobile. As we discuss corporations that aren't American, hate our values, and are anti-American, there aren't a lot of opportunities to do business with companies that aren't one of those. Thankfully, one of them involves a product that we all pretty much have to use these days in order to thrive in modern America, and that's our mobile phones. Uh, Go to Patriot Mobile. Make the switch today. It was about this time last year. Our family, the final straw, was when T-Mobile announced they were going to start censoring texts on COVID for misinformation. That was enough. I should, I, I should have had a final straw with T-Mobile like four years prior, but we're lazy. And I've got multiple lines, and I didn't want to make the switch, and I thought it was going to be a hassle. Finally, my conscience said, enough. We made the switch. They did a tremendous job. And uh, and if you're a veteran or first responder, they'll, they'll offer you bigger savings, a way of saying thank you for your service for the rest of us. Make the switch today with the offer code Steve, and you'll get a free activation when you do. Offer code Steve. Free activation when you make the switch to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Or you can call 972-PATRIOT. This is from Anne-Marie Liptak, and I had forgotten about this. Please, in the future, if you discuss the Mark Hook, is it Hook or Hauk? I believe it's pronounced Hook, but I'm not okay. totally sure. Please, if, if you discuss the Mark Hook story again, remember he is the Catholic pro-life activist who pushed a pro-abort who he thought was, I think, yelling or threatening or something. One of his children offered to turn himself in. That pro-abort actually attempted to sue him in civil court. He got thrown out. Because he didn't show up. Yes, because he didn't show up. And then a year later, the feds, over a dozen, two dozen feds, show up with guns drawn on his family. That's the story so far. Okay. In the future, if you mention the story, remind everyone that here in Pennsylvania, we allowed State Representative Brian Sims to go unpunished when he harassed and doxed a minor female praying at an abortion clinic. All right. Love your show. Praying for all of you. I had completely forgotten about that. That guy was classy. What the hell is up with your state, dude? It's just a cesspit. I mean, what? Goodness. In in fairness, there's a lot of cesspits out there, but it's just. This is, I mean, Pennsylvania. When did you guys become California? Yeah. Levine, Sandusky, Gosnell. I mean, what the hell? That state. I might have to add you to Michigan. Where there's just a unique conglomeration of dark energy in that state. There's just a, a an unseen realm level grip on that state, man. 
men who can't be bothered and women who like chopping up kids. But Anne-Marie, thank you for making that connection. Yeah. I mean, I, until you sent me that email, sister, I had, I had completely forgotten about that. I sub in two different school districts in the Kansas City suburbs. One school district where my daughter attends, the counselor's office may have a small rainbow heart or something similar, but it's not in your face. It's not even pushed in the social worker's office. And she's a lesbian. The principal of this school and at least one of the vice principals are conservatives or moderate-leaning conservatives. And this is all from one of the high schools. One of the district's high schools, which is about 15 miles west of the previous one, has a counselor's office that looks like the Rainbow Mafia has thrown up all over the room. All but two of the schoolrooms I've subbed in have, have uh, ally and rainbow stuff everywhere. I had a situation where I had a tranny student for a long-term sub job. I took the tack of the regular teacher who just used the girl's name and avoided pronouns altogether. The principal of that school is not strong and has been run over by the leftists there. Just thought about, thought you might be interested in what's going on in suburbs of places like Kansas City. Um, well, whatever. See, this is the so-called conservatives you mentioned. Then, that what does that word mean? It clearly doesn't mean action. Action. So, I don't, it's time to torpedo it. I think I need to say something about this. Looking at the clock, I want to make sure I get it in in time here before the break. It is not a coincidence at all that the suburbs have now become the launch point and testing lab for the spirit of the age. It is not a coincidence that Karen the Menace in her EV Subaru with her coexist bumper sticker has infested and invaded every major cul-de-sac in America's suburbs. It is not a coincidence. Why do I say that? Where are the vast majority, and I mean overwhelmingly vast majority, of soft-headed, megachurch, sensory overload, you-do-you, evangelical churches reside? Where do the vast majority of them reside? Those same suburbs. And where were the vast majority of them planted? in those exact same suburbs. Not a coincidence. Hell recognized, there's no threat to us here. We're at home here. You, you, these kinds of churches, you tilled the soil for us. We are the logical extension. You built an entire church model on affirming people in their comfort and complacency. I'm not challenging them because life's so tough in your $400,000 home and your two and a half stall garage and finished basement. It's so stressful enough. You don't need to go in on Sunday and hear stuff about you're a sinner bound for hell too. a hard knock life man in those suburbs it's a hard knock life once those church bells rang with uh just be kind yes they, knew they had you right where they wanted that's you. right you tilled the soil for them you invited them in you left the front door open enemies like i don't even have to go around the back anymore i don't even have to sneak in let's walk right in 
to your hoods, your streets, your schools. You move to these places to have to find a sanctuary from me? Ha! Joke's on you, meatbag. You now live in a shrine to me. A shrine. That your soft-headed, yellow-bellied, evangelical megachurches built to me. They prepped you for me. Any thoughts on that? Of course. That's what plenty of Catholic churches like that too. Um, that's what I mean. The words that we use to define us uh, are not in any way related to Matthew 28. We won't go. We, we, we think it's just supposed to be a gated community. The church is not supposed to be a gating, gated community. It's supposed to be a conquering force. Now, you shake the dust from your feet, but you don't just take what you got. I mean, there's parables about this. You don't just bury it in your backyard with your three-car garage. You don't. It's a sin to do so. And the modern church has been doing it for a very long time, but at least you look great in your ironed khakis and your nice tone. Wasn't it Karl Marx who called religion the uh, opium of the masses, or am yes. I way off? No, yeah, it's, a, masses, it's as yeah. if the American church was like, oh, okay. Actually, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Let's do that. I know. Let's yes. do that. And the American people acquiesced. We just want our feel good. We just want our bellies rubbed and our heads patted. Everything will be okay. Now go back to the golf course after you've Learn nothing about God's word for a half hour. More Feedback Friday here in a moment. All right, maybe it's just I've been sitting next to Todd for too long, but I think we got to honor tradition here a little bit, okay? Coconut, coconut, almond, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream. Those are just peanut butter brownie. Those are the OGs that started it all. That started the worldwide global phenomenon. At least it should be. Known as Built Bar. How did I get introduced to Built Bar? During lockdowns, I was listening to a Michigan football podcast that I like. They were pimping and how, talking about how great they were. I'm like, it can't. I've, I've tried a million protein bars and 99% of them I can't digest, and the 1% I can don't taste that great. It can't be that good. So I bought a box of the original. Before they had all the the new, you know, speciality flavors I like, like chocolate chip cookie dough and coconut brownie chunk and all that stuff. Before they had any of that stuff, they just had the original assortment box. And I bought a box out of spite, thinking there's no way they're that good. I was blown away. First time I bit into mint brownie, that was the first one I ever bit into. I was blown away by how good they were. And that's what sold me. You guys know. I came in here. I was talking about them for months. The opportunity to have them come on the show came shortly thereafter. So put it to the test. 
right? You, you know how much I love grasshopper cookie and some of those seasonal, you know, a few times a year flavors they offer. Just go get the OG assortment box and you'll be sold like I was originally just a couple of years ago. 15% off right now when you go to built.com for built bar, B U I L T, built.com for built bar. You will not believe how much protein, how few calories, how few carbs, how few grams of sugars are included in this because of how good they taste. Built.com is where you want to go. Use the promo code DACE to get 15% off. All right, I want to answer, I'm going to read two emails back to back before I respond because they both bring up a different angle on a, a question that I have actually gotten frequently recently and I want to address it, okay? Let's start with this one from uh, Louis Bukovic. He says, I'm 26. My dad told me about your show a few years back and I've listened to... Um, uh, very a, a lot, and I want to thank you guys for the information that you put out. I'm getting married at the end of October. It's always been a goal to have a family of my own. However, with the state of the world today, my, my fiance and I have started to question whether or not we want to have children. I know that we shouldn't let the state of the world change our decision, but we're terrified that the future our children would go through and the struggles they should have, um, they should have uh, growing up. You have any advice for couples that are having the same kinds of questions that we are facing? Also want to thank you for helping my dad and I become closer to God in our faith. You guys' knowledge of the Bible and the scriptures has been an inspiration to us both. Justin writes, I have an uncle who is 35 and he has not yet found a wife or a family. He unfortunately is unemployed and lives at home with his mom because he lost his longtime pharmacy tech job due to vaccine mandates. He claims to be a Christian and a believer in God. I had a deep conversation with him the other day that I brought up the topic of marriage and family, and he told me he doesn't think he will ever be with anyone until the day he dies. He makes the claim that I don't know where I am going when I die, so I don't worry about anything. To me, this seems like a nihilistic worldview of just waiting to die and your, waiting to die and your life given to you by God means nothing until you do. I was just asking for some insight on how the Bible encourages people to have families and children so I can relay to him the importance of this. The foundation of Christianity is God first, family second. I'm a 30-year-old Christian man myself. I've got a wife and a daughter, but I'm a beginner to the Bible so much that I bought a version that has footnotes to help me understand. Nothing wrong with that, brother. Nothing wrong with that. Embarrassing, I know, but you got to start somewhere. It's not embarrassing at all. Not at all. So to Justin and Louis, Louis is asking this of his own edification, Justin on behalf of a family member, but you're asking the same question. And it is a question I am getting more and more. Let me give you the most biblically based answer to this question I can give. God made Adam and Eve knowing full well they would sin. Knowing full well what the ravages of sin would do to the world. Because God is omniscient. He is all knowing. What does that word mean? I mean, I could give you a fancy seminary definition to it. Let me give you a, kind of a simpler one that won't be fully sufficient, but it'll help you grasp, at least on a surface level, what that word means. Say time and space is a parade route. And your life is where you sit on this parade route. Over the course of your life, from the vantage point where you sit, you will see a certain amount of events eventually come by you. Will you see all the events? Mm. No. Will you see them all at once? No. No. 
because you only have one individual life and one individual vantage point. So your knowledge of the event is limited in scope right away. Not to mention, you can only see them one at a time. Because your knowledge and scope and perspective is limited to your vantage point, you can't see every, per, every float in the parade simultaneously. You only see them as they come by, or view the, the, the floats as moments, events. See where I'm going with here? Yeah. From the vantage point and perspective God, God has, he sees the entire parade simultaneously. Front, back, middle, subplots. And then he sees that with every parade. Not just the parade you're in, but every parade there's ever been and ever will be, he sees them all simultaneously. So God creates Adam and Eve knowing they will disobey, knowing they will fall. And yet, so God knows thousands of years of the ravages of sin will occur because of the choice that Adam and Eve are about to make. Not just singular bad moments like what we are currently living in, but all of them bad ones, all of them. God knows them all. And yet, what is the first commandment that God gives to Adam and Eve knowing this? Go forth, subdue the earth, multiply. What do we mean by multiply? Get your baby making on. That's what we mean. That's what it means. Get your baby making on. God is a God of life. In the New Testament, Jesus tells a parable of the talents. That a, a group of stewards were each given an, a talent. Which denote, which is, it's metaphorical for like, you know, a, a, a gift an ability, a potential, but it was also in ancient culture of the time, a very specific connotation of investment. So it's both of those things. It's both metaphorical and literal. And several of the stewards come up and talk about how they were, what they did with the talent that was given to them and how they multiplied it. There's that word again. How they multiplied that talent. They took it and grew it. The final steward arrives and says, times are tough and I know that you're a wicked taskmaster, tough to please and times are hard and I didn't want to lose what you had given me. So I took what you gave me and I buried it. And the master says, throw this wicked servant out where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth into the den of iniquity. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God told his people, the Israelites, even in the depths of captivity to Babylon, make babies, get married, tend your crops, obey the law, part of which was go forth and multiply. Make more image bearers. I did not give you the ability to procreate that I did not give to the angels. 
the ultimate, um, the ultimate fruit of the Imago Day. You get to make in your image, just as I do. I did not give that to you for you to game theory and game plan out when it was safe to do it. Don't be the final. Don't be the final steward in the parable of the talents. Don't take that talent, that gift of being able to create and nurture life. Don't take that and hide it purposefully. How many people are in this audience that have had very, very difficult times in their lives are living through a very difficult time right now? But one of the most difficult times in their lives are every mother and father's day that comes and goes every year when they, when they were unable to have children not by their own choice, but because of a fallen world, and so they couldn't do it medically. They never met the right person, and, and the biological clock has expired now. And every Father or Mother's Day especially, they're gripping the steering wheel tight, holding back tears, because they so wanted to experience that blessing. I'm sure they might have a few things to say at this moment about holding back that talent. If you're a young man in this audience, married and are about, or, or you are about to, and you're like, I just don't think I'm ready to be a dad. Let me tell you two things right now. You're never ready. Well, I don't think we have enough money. There's never enough money. That doesn't mean, by the way, universally, if you recognize you need to mature a little bit, that doesn't mean do that first. I'm not, that's not a, but often, how, how often is it be, when we, when young men say this, Todd, is it because they earnestly think they need to mature or they're just putting off? adulthood the opposite they're being selfish that's exactly right you want perpetual adolescence you want the live-in sexual relationship without the responsibility no don't put off the responsibility step fully into manhood it'll be the greatest best thing you ever did as my children now one of them's going to get married later this month another one's a senior in high school another one's a sophomore my greatest regret is that we didn't have children even earlier That's what God has to say about it. Yeah. Don't don't let your eyes. You're talking the world, the world that you see. Steve's point about the parade was fantastic. So again, remember a guy, a pastor once showed a group I was watching a pencil. This is all of human history. The pencil, point to point. That's what he, he, God sees. He turns it around, and God sees the point, all of it at once. You just see your point on a line. Mm-hmm. It's That's so, another good illustration. It's yeah. it's so important to remember because you're talking about how scary history is, is right now, or our current circumstances are, and you're right. But you're seeing all that. You're talking about what you're seeing with your eyes, and you're judging the power of your faith by your eyes. The power of your faith is not dictated to you by your eyes, but God's eyes. That you are born again with God's eyes. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to surrender to your faulty vision. It's just, it's just not allowed. Now, you're talking about having kids at all. Steve and I, he just talked about his daughter. I have my daughter. Would we like to keep them safe? Yes. Do we keep them safe as dads as long as we can? But now, Steve's daughter, you see what she's working. She's she's entered the fight, and she did at the appropriate time. My daughter, I counseled her last year. You've been given a lot of gifts. You have a moment in time here to step now into the fight. And boy, did she take slings and arrows. My family had to take uh, move schools because of it. But we are born for this. We are called 
to this. Use God's eyes, not yours. It's very well said, Todd. Mm -hmm. And I would just, I would add this as well. Looking, and I've said this, I've, I've said this, I can't remember if it was off the air or on, you know. Because of the way things are, I am as, I don't know, anxious, but concerned, concerned as I have ever been. And I have been tuned in to current events and politics since I was a teenager. I'm concerned as I've ever been because I have a wife and a son. I will say, though, the concern about putting off kids because of the state of the world right now that's a very worldly way. And, I, and I, I don't mean to sound chastising, but I would caution. That's a very worldly way of looking at it. You can find a climate cultist who would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Don't know. That's, mm. that's not what we're called to. Not at all. Not, not at all. So um, what's the saying? Uh, good times uh, lead to soft men. Uh, uh, soft men lead to hard times. Hard times lead to good men. It's your time. If what you're saying, if your deduction about the world is what it is, you're going to become a strong man if you actually go through with the plan that that God has for you, if you have uh, any desire at all to have children, especially in this world. That's what we are designed to be. There's There's no if, and, or buts about it. But the main thing is, Looking at the state of the world and, and making that your determination for whether or not you want to have kids, not a, not a good motivation, I would say. That's a key point, too, that you just made there. We, we, one of the things that we did wrong in the abortion debate for decades is we actually made the other side's argument. Well, we want to ban abortion when the fetus feels pain or when a, the fetus reaches a, 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 a certain stage of development as opposed to when do we know when a life begins? Does a heartbeat indicate life? Is, does life begin at conception? We, we, we just spent decades not, not arguing the premise of our own argument, but arguing against the premise of theirs and got our asses kicked for doing that. Got a, a lot more babies killed. Lo and behold, we start passing heartbeat bills around the country and arguing our own premise of, you know, we're going to argue on the side of life, what actually signifies life, not what hurts life, not what, um, not what becomes, not what's, you know, icky, um, not what, not what's wanted, um, not what's viable, but what is transcendently, what is life? And lo and behold, just like within five years of doing that, we get a case before the court and overturn row. Funny how that works. Huh? Funny how it works. When, when, Funny how whoever's premise of an argument is being argued ends up winning the argument, no matter who's doing the actual arguing. Funny how that works. And so when we try, when we try to game theory out or time things based on safety and convenience, um, that's the Malthusian or utilitarian ethic of the spirit of the age that we are up against. You are much closer to Darwin's descent of man than you are Genesis. Much closer. And that's the handbook for the enemy. The book we go by says to trust God, even when everything your lying eyes tells you says not to. That's the book that we go by. That a man can die and rise again. That's what our book says to go by. All right, that'll do it. Those are great questions, and I've gotten them a lot. So thank you. I appreciated the opportunity to answer those here today on the show. That'll do it for us here on a Friday. 
Aaron is still trying to troll me and lull me into a false sense of security about the game tomorrow, but I know better. I have seen enough games at Kinnick Stadium. I know how that goes. We'll be lucky to get out of there with a one-point win. Oh, good grief. For the rest of you, have a great weekend. We'll stick around and do overtime. And uh, until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.